Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Cortana. I've spent the last 12 hours cooped up in here watching you toady about helping that thing get set to slit our throats. Hold on now. He's a friend. Oh, I didn't realize. He's your pal, is he? Your chum? Do you have any idea what that bastard almost made you do? Yes. Activate Halo's defenses and destroy the flood, which is why we brought the Index to the control center. You mean this? A construct in the car? That is absolutely unacceptable. Sod off. What impertinence. I shall purge you at once. You sure that's a good idea? How? How? How dare you? I'll... Do what? I have the index. You can just float and sputter. Enough. Halo, halo there, Spartans. Picture it. It's morning and you've just begun your work commute. Perhaps you've just started your shift and have a long one ahead of you. Either way... Those shields are down, and you're looking to the Sacred Boys to toss you a health pack. Well, my friends, look no further. Because you're tuning into the Sacred Icon Podcast, and we are McBiggity back with episode 76. And we got a fun one to talk to you guys about today. I'm your co-host, DJ Jovial J, coming at you guys. Happy and ready as heck to be here in the morning. And joining me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend. Couldn't do this show without him. Refused. Would refuse to do it without him. Brian Arvett, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, how's it going, buddy? That was beautiful, Josh. You are just the king of openers. I think you just set the tone for all of us. And now we're ready to talk about this topic, which I have been thinking about for about a month. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, just ready for this uh, this episode to talk about it. We're going to talk about uh, the creator's intent behind Master Chief as a character. Um, if, you've, if you've been in the Halo community much at all, you've probably heard the conversation go around at least once of, you know, M- Master Chief uh, was originally supposed to be just a blank vessel with not much character so that the player could jump into his shoes and kind of feel like they're, you know, Master Chief. And, right. And that, that was Bungie's intent. And then, you know, 343 came along and kind of tossed that all away and made him this real defined character and... You know, some people say that's not what uh, Bungie wanted, 343's doing it differently, and I have my opinions about it, which I have thought about a lot, but uh, I'm going to go over <laughs> and pass it over to Josh. I haven't talked to Josh about this before. We're going to see what Josh thinks about it. I'm going to let him get his opinion, um, which, keep in mind, Josh is a lot less prepared than me, so 
Uh, if Josh, you know, has a great opinion, and then I come in, I'm like, "How about this?" And it's way better than to be like, "Well, it's going to be way better." But to be fair, I think it should be because you're the bigger but, Halo. Uh, fan. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? What do you like more? What do you know about the intent of? Oh, I, I know of all that stuff. I mean, I, I've seen it, and I remember feeling that way initially playing Halo Four. I didn't process it in the moment as much, but it was after when I did see some of the discourse online that people were kind of upset about that, and I was like, "Really? That's kind of a weird thing to be mad about." But years have passed, and I get it now. Um, I like that. I like it because I grew up playing the game from the get-go, from its origins. So for me, it feels like a natural trajectory of going from this person that I almost felt like was me, you know, as the soulless vessel, so to speak, to getting more dialogue as we kind of progressed further into the series getting to a point like with Halo 4 where he's got so much development. Um, to me, it felt natural. I think for other people, it's difficult. If you come in at Halo 4 and you go backwards and try to play through all the series, it's definitely going to be underwhelming in that sense. And then for other people, it's going to be the complete flip side. So, I mean, I, you've got a lot more to say about that, uh, and I can bounce off you with that. But I think for me, uh, in summary... I don't. I like how it is, but I'm kind of. It's. I'm kind of. A, my vision's a bit skewed because I've been there since the beginning. So, uh, I. I like it. I'd like to still see Chief get that same kind of uh, four type progression in terms of mm-hmm. his dialogue and, and uh, banter, I guess, if you will. But over to you, man. What's your thoughts? Yeah. Well, it's interesting um, because the thing is, people who are thrown off by Chief having more character later in the series, it's completely valid and makes sense that uh, that seems different to them. But what I would propose is that the only two pieces of media in all of Halo that make Master Chief a blank vessel for the character are Halo 2 and 3. I would say Halo 2 and 3 are the only, and I have an explanation for this, Halo 2 and 3 are the only ones that really try to put you in that blank vessel uh, spot. So we know for sure. What's that? No, I said I know where you're going with this. It's a good point to make because it's something I didn't even really think about until I think we started talking about it way back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, So we know that Bungie has said before their intent was to make him a blank vessel for the character. So to get the facts straight, yes, they did say that. So if you're thinking, oh, Bungie wanted that, that's how it's supposed to be, you're not wrong. I mean, that is what they said. That was their intent. But, you know, as, um, as Microsoft acquired Bungie, and they were, you know, changing from a, a real-time strategy to third-person, first-person shooter. All this stuff was happening. They were joining Microsoft Studios. Um, at the time, a lot of things were happening that they didn't want to happen, um, such as the Fall of Reach novel that was being written. Uh, Bungie very much wanting that blank vessel uh, slate. They didn't want a backstory written for him, but Microsoft saw the opportunity to to make a, a book series out of it. And right. he was so he was given all that character in that book, um, which was written in a very short amount of time, actually came out a little bit before Halo Combat Evolved did, um, so it painted that picture. Well, then you might say, Halo okay, Brian, well... a book series instead of a video game right? series? Why? I, I remember, I see that brought I up all the time. School, I love that. I remember in school, like, a kid telling me, like, uh, you know, that Halo was based off a book series, and I thought, that doesn't seem right, and then he, he showed me the time dates of when they came out, and I thought, well, I guess you're right. That's the end of the story, like... I kind of miss when video games kind of had book tie-ins and stuff like that. I remember Crimson Skies getting that too, Brute Force, and I need to get that book someday. Mm. One of these days, guys, with some Patreon money, I should probably just do that and post it or something. (laughs) Put put some scans of of pages on the patrons. You can read Brute Force along with Josh. But anyway, back to you, Brad. I'm sorry, man. Um, 
but yeah, so so then some people are saying, okay, Will Bryan, you know, that's just the book, you know, uh, Bungie didn't want that, Master Chief's not like that in the games. Also not true, because Bungie was trying so hard to get the Fall of Reach book not made, because they didn't want it to exist, um, and uh, there's a guy by the name of Eric Troutman who worked in conjunction with uh, Eric Nyland on that novel, and he was pushing to make sure that that novel got done, that novel got put out, and the, they made he made a deal with Microsoft that if they could make sure that novel got put out, um, that he, and I'm, I'm reading this right now so I get their names correctly, that uh, Eric Troutman himself... Uh, Matt Sowell, I think is how you pronounce his name, and Brandon Boren, which seen him on Twitter, uh, they wrote 80% of the dialogue for Combat Evolved. That was the deal that was made. We would we would offer our services to write a bunch of the dialogue for Halo Combat Evolved, and you make sure this Fall of Reach novel does uh, come to fruition. So we end up having, yeah, we end up having the the book that comes out beforehand and really gives Master Chief a lot of character. Granted, against Bungie's wishes. But then you have the actual game, Halo Combat Evolved, where Master Chief's character is writ 80% written by the same team that was building his character for the novel. Um, so we we have a heavy influence coming from that group sure. uh, at making him more of a character. And, you know, while you can once again say, well, that's not what Bungie wanted, that's true, but Bungie... They did put out Halo Combat Evolved. That is the game that kicked off the universe. That's the one everyone fell in love with. When you hear people talk about liking Bungie's games more or, or Master Chief more in Bungie's games, they talk about the trilogy. They don't talk about just two and three. They say, oh, the you know the trilogy. And if you look back at it, if you really look back at it, and if anybody's kind of wondering after listening to this podcast if it really makes sense, what I'm saying really makes sense, I would tell you to go back and either play or look up the cutscenes. You can definitely see what I'm talking about. Master Chief has a lot of character in Halo Combat Evolved. He is not really a blank vessel for the character in Hold Halo. On. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, you know, the whole thing with Cortana and Guilty Spark, like, no, he's a friend, you know, you know, and we can light Halo's defenses. And then there's the whole thing with him, like, uh, chucking the grenade up and down at the end when he has an idea for blowing up the oh, core. I got something reactor for cores. him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, just, just constantly, uh, just the way he reacts to um, the fallen comrades when you're about to. When you meet the flood, you know when you meet the flood, right. and um, he just constantly has uh, different, you know, character moments between his movements and his, the things he says. You know, don't get any funny ideas when Cortana's, you know, says that his armor is a lot like the Pillar of Autumn or whatever. Right. Um, so you can see a lot of uh, character development. Is, does he say "hold on" or is it "slow down"? Um, I'm I feel like now. it's. Hold that, on, I feel okay, like I wanna, we man. should know that, Josh. Yeah, that. I should. Uh, he like you know he so reaffirms. <laughs> he reaffirms the uh, Marines that everything's going to be okay when the Bumblebee pod is descending to the ring and he kills them all with his body. <laughs> but, you know, so when you when you think about his character in in, That's in messed up. yeah, when you think about his character in Halo One. Uh, he's so memorable. He has so much character, and and he has one-liners in a sense. You know, like I think we're just getting started. You know, stuff like that. But he really does have a lot of character, and that is evident because of those three people I mentioned from the carried over from the Fall of Reach novel having influence. So, so basically, that puts us at a point where you start off this universe, and your first book and your first game gives Master Chief a lot of character, and then uh, you know. 
there continues to be more books, some more written by Eric Nyland. I think the, the flood, which was a retelling of Comet of all was written by William C. Dietz. Um, other books continue to flesh out chief as a character. And I think I've, I think pretty much everyone agrees. I've never heard anyone disagree that the books make Master Chief a character. Like the conversations usually, the debate is usually over the games, whether he's a character or vessel. I think pretty much everyone's in agreement from the get-go. Those books make him to be a very developed character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everybody read the books, you know. So, but then you get to um, Halo two and three. Halo two and three, Bungie got their way more with the representation they wanted of Chief. They didn't have those same influences, writing the dialogue, changing stuff up. So when you get to Halo 2 and 3, Master Chief very much kind of regresses as a character. He becomes a one-liner. He becomes a one-liner guy. He does cool action set pieces. He doesn't really have those moments of like... Remember in Halo Combat Evolved how he kind of felt like Cortana's telling him to run after the captain. He's like, uh, oh shit, shit, oh, oh fuck, okay, yeah. What do I do? Like, I, I'm kind of scared because you're, you're creeping me out, Cortana. What's wrong? And he's like, should I run? Should I go? And he's like, uh, okay, like, so. But in two, it's just like you know, um, giving the Covenant back their bomb, and like, I'm confident, I'm cool, I need a weapon. You know, it's mm-hmm. all the one liners and stuff. And I think that was very much Bungie saying, and they've said before as much behind the scenes. Halo two, doing the things we wanted to do in Halo one that we couldn't do. And with the uh, with the success of Halo One and, and the ability to make that sequel, they very much pivoted back to the Master Chief as a vessel. So I would say Master Chief does come off as a vessel more than a character in Halo Two and Halo Three. Obviously, he's not an ODST; he's not in the Reach. When we get to Halo Four, that's when we have the conversation really crop up about his character. Uh, but you just got to kind of paint a perspective here. This is this is my opinion: is by the time you finish the Halo trilogy, you know. You have a large group of people who have played the whole trilogy, all three games, where he has a lot of character in one mm-hmm. and then kind of loses it two and three. Then you have a large group of people who have not only played the games, but they have the, the books, which if you combine the games with the books, it's going to kind of become inseparable to have that character that's defined in the books uh, with the games. And then, and then you have another group of people, which I would say is also pretty large, who just came in at Halo 2 or 3. And I would think of 3 specifically because 3's install base as a console, or for Halo 3, the Xbox 360, the install base by the time it was over was getting close to 100 million, where the original Xbox was like 20-some million. Um, so I think there's a lot of people that came in at Halo 3 and worked backwards or came in at Halo 2. Some people this day I've heard never played the first game or whatever. So it makes sense that that narrative has been built up more about him just being a vessel because of the people who either just played two and three or just most of their memories are in two and two and three. Um, because one's really the one that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb there as far as I think for most people too, it's the problem of like just wanting to lump everything better or or together. You know, it's, it's that case of like, you know, revenge of the Sith is kind of, I feel like objectively a much better Star Wars film than yeah. the first two, even though I love them. But uh, but, but people are, are like prequels suck, you know. So it's just so easier to say that than to spend the same extra goes dialogue. for the sequels. Really, I mean, you got some, you get a lot of people who love Force Awakens a lot, or, or, or and hate Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. You get a lot of yeah. people that love Last Jedi and hate Force Awakens. Someone's like ST six. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I feel like it's that case with it because it's true. I mean, I think about that, and I didn't think it, that's what I was implying earlier. Like, I didn't really think about that much until we started doing the podcast, man. But like. I notice that all the time now. Anytime we've done a replay of that, like when we were doing it during the uh, the playcast stuff, yeah, which you guys can find through the Patreon at Patreon. Yeah, me and Josh playing through the entire first <laughs> Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, yeah, and, and original uh, graphics. Noticed, 
Yeah, uh, I noticed that on there, and and then you get to two, and Brian's right. It really is a contrast, such a contrast, because uh, you have those one-liners. You're going from there. It's just he emotes so much. There's a lot of different body language in Combat Evolved. You get that you don't get in two and three. Two and three is literally like, like Brian said, one-liners giving the covenant back their bomber, yeah. boo, you know, and things like that. Which are he never great, seems afraid in two or three, but at he all. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't at all. Whereas you think of him running in that one moment, and it's like. Oh, shit. I think a lot of it, too, I, th- I think when it comes to 4, and you mentioned the books, I keep thinking, like, man, Master Chief from Halo 4 reminds me more of the Master Chief from the books than 1, 2, and 3, mm. you know? Well, I was, I mean, that's a fair opinion. I was going to say that Master Chief from Halo 4 also kind of reminds me of Master Chief from Halo 1. Um, that's dope. Per- personally, just because, uh, Yeah, tell you know, us why, Brian. Well, I, I mean, I, I think, like why. I said, I think there was clear development of his character in Halo 1, and then you kind of see it sidelined for 2 and 3, but... Once you get to like four, and four is, I think pretty much everyone would agree that's the one that's given him the most character in game, you know, over five or anything mm-hmm. else. Um, but even moments like, you know, uh, in Halo 4 where he's talking to Lasky, and Lasky's like, Are you any good at clearing LZs? And he's like, well, On occasion. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a. I remember he's, Alex he, quoting that from the Yeah, he's way. like, he's, sh- he's, sh- he's sharing some of his personality. Mm-hmm. You know, when he says, You know, we got to get you back to Halsey, to Cortana. Um, he, he's asking now this is the, I think one of the one of the moments where it really becomes a, a step forward for his character is the fact that he does have dialogue during gameplay which I know Bungie said before they didn't really want there to be dialogue during gameplay because they, when you're playing they want you to feel like you're wholly the character which I think there's a fair uh, a fair stance for people to say they preferred that um, I don't really have a preference but I could, I could see someone coming around to like oh I, I would prefer Master Chief didn't talk during the during the game but when I think of Kirsty from our community, that's the thing that she hammers over the head every time when we talk about Halo 4. She's like, I just love that he talked during the gameplay. Like, I miss that he didn't talk during the gameplay when I played the original games. Yeah, and that's so. where I can relate with her a lot more because I think the lonely feeling I used to get playing the original Halo games, I don't get as much in 4 and 5 because yeah. you have the, the, the chatter that's constantly going on. Whereas in the original trilogy, it's like, it's quiet. It's really quiet. Run into enemies, fight them. Occasionally, you get someone coming on in over the, you know, your heads up display. But Chief himself never is like emotionally saying anything. And I know you're supposed to internalize it, but it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I like I said. I think I, I like the progression because yeah. I can go back and I can. I, I I didn't know any better when I played the original trilogy, so I didn't want more. I didn't want for more because that was what I was used to. So, yeah. although back then I didn't see it as clearly as I do now with like the one, two, two and three, but yeah, continue, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, I think my final stance on the whole thing is that really, uh, Bungie was fighting against inevitability from the beginning. You know, by the time we get to Halo four, there is 10 years of Halo content between books, comics, um, you know, like I said, Halo one, having them a lot more of a character and then, and then now that we have four and five, and soon to be infinite. Of course, we don't know exactly how he'll be portrayed and in, portrayed in infinite. Um, but to me, it seems if you look at the history of Halo Media, he is he has shown off to be his own character far more than he ever is um, to be a vessel. And that doesn't mean that Bungie didn't have a great a great intent to do that. Doesn't mean if you, if you're listening, you prefer him as a vessel. That's great. Like, that doesn't make you any more like any like more wrong than me or anything like that. Like it's just I feel like there is more media that represents him as a character, and that's also in Bungie's own game. 
Um, so I think that makes sense. And of course, even by the time you get to Halo 4, you have like the Ford on the Dawn where Chief's shown off in live action. Um, and then in Halo 3, we even have, we even, I feel like we start to see like a, a modicum of them showing off his character where he's, I mean, Cortana, when Cortana's talking through his helmet in Halo 3, she says yeah, some lines that come from Fall of Reach. Right. And then when you get to the end, you know, uh, Cortana says, you know, it's it's been an honor serving with you, John, which I think is a really great way to like, let's not say his name till the end. I think that's great because if you just play the games, you don't know his name until then. Right. But at the same time, for anyone who's read any of the extended material, when she says John, it almost kind of like, for me as a fan, was almost kind of tying the books in more. I'm like, okay, you know, this we knew that from the books. Right. Oh, definitely a satisfying feeling. No, I, I, even saying that makes me feel like a two is kind of on its own a little bit more than even three because even three there's that moment when like cortana like slinks down on the table and like chief kind of you know he puts his like arms up and he rests them on there and you can see his body yeah. language there's a lot of like parallels to the body language between one and three He's no like, i mean knew, it, it's few and me. far be- yeah. it's few and far between in three i think to be fair but i mean you, there's definitely more of that whereas in two it's literally just like i'm an unstoppable like force you know yeah. like I don't know. I, I see what you're saying, though. Definitely. You know, conversely, I do feel like Halo 5 makes a few decisions with this character that makes me feel like it's out of character for him. It's not that he has too much character, but just, you know. Is it what I think it is, or is it something else? Well, well you're thinking of Infinity. I, I don't yeah, like definitely it, thinking know. of that. But, like, even even just, like, you know, when, like, Locke lands on Genesis, and he's like, how the hell did you get here? Oh, you know, yeah. like, Or just flat <laughs> That's out. the other biggest one that I always forget, but it's, like, it's so obvious. It's yeah, so or, like, uh, where, he, where Locke says, uh, Cortana's our responsibility now, and he's like, like, hell, she is. It's like, okay. Like Bungie did the line, the one-liner thing well, but what you're doing here now is like making him edgy for the sake of edginess, and it's like it doesn't work for Chief because Chief doesn't need to be edgy. He's got he wears this confidence that you know when he says like giving the covenant back their bomb, it's not a yeah, I look at I'm going to go blow them up and kick their ass. It's like right. I'm just so good, you know that I'll be successful. He's too. Uh, I think he's too compromised in five. Like his uh, he's uh, he's just too. I don't know. It's it's, it's like emotionally. Uh, it's doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't want to get on that because we've already he, done an episode on Halo 5 recently. Go back and check yeah. that guys in the archives. The, the fact but. that he so willingly progresses towards Cortana when there are so many signs of this being a bad idea and he lets his emotions take him all the way to the end of Halo 5, It's that's kind of out of character. It's just too. hard, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we're humans and everybody changes, uh, goes up and down and stuff like that, but I can't imagine Chief being a super soldier who's been trained and, and gone through countless battles and wars is suddenly yeah. going to be like, like hell she is, or negative infinity, you know? It's just like, come on. Chief would yeah. do th- I mean, Chief might still feel those things, but he's not going to say them, but suddenly he's going to say it. It And that's what sucks, is it almost makes it feel like that moment from Halo 4 where he's like, you know, I'm ordering you to surrender that AI, and he's like, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. When he's when he's like, no. Uh, it's almost no. like, it's like, oh, we crossed that line, now let's yeah. go further into it and, and explore that. Well, they did, so I'm glad they're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know, in, in Halo 4, it seemed like, you know, this is such a bad idea. I have to do the right thing as the Master Yeah, Chief. I love that. It's but an then, iconic moment because it's in like, five, it's just shit, like, he said no. I'm going to do what I want in 5. And yeah. It's like, uh, no, Chief, we don't want you to do that. Like, we want you to have some structure, you know, which it seems like they're, they're giving him back more in Infinite. But, Josh, how would you say, like... How do you want him to be portrayed in Infinite? Do you want him to be exactly like Halo 2, exactly like Halo 4, or somewhere in the middle? I mean, what are you hoping for when Man, you play Infinite? I think somewhere in the middle is the best way to go, but that's the easy answer. So if I can yeah. extrapolate on that a little bit, uh, 
I want him to have as much emotion and depth in his body language and his, um, well, his verbal judo, so, so to speak, and how he interacts with everybody. I would like that to still be very much a presence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also like that to be occasionally popping up in gameplay, but I think they can minimize it enough to not make it feel too imposed on the player. You know, like I, I, I think there's a way to do it where you can, you can have it where he does feel kind of quiet a lot. So then you'll you talk player, during gameplay. I don't think he will, to be honest, but I Same would here. like it if he was a little bit, I would like there to be some of it. But honestly, if I'm, if I'm being completely selfish, me as a player, I'd almost prefer there not to be because one reason only being on this Zeta halo, like it's like, I'm going to be taking in so much. And I think if he does speak, that's almost going to be imposing his own thoughts into what I'm thinking. And it sort of compromises the yeah. experience I'm having of taking in this now open zones and all, all the beauty and it just, you know, the, the, the flora, everything, everything about that. So it kind of compromises that. Whereas I don't feel like it would be as compromising in the other games. Like, I don't think it is as much in four. I don't think it is as much in five. I yeah. think it actually is to their benefit, but I think this one, it could be, um, the opposite if it doesn't it seems like they're trying to you know echo vibes of of halo one which is that's what's so ironic is like when you think echo vibes of halo one you think well okay well maybe they'll, they'll make him not talk during gameplay but i also just said that i think halo one is one of the most character driven master chief games uh for his for him getting characters. yeah but a- like i mean we kind of agree it's more in his body language than it is dialogue like he does have a few dialogue moments but it's more in his body language and like he se- he seems scared at a moment or, or worried yeah. in halo one you never really see that again uh but yeah i think for infinite just judging by what i've seen i can very much see like you're you're, you're wandering around on zeta halo and i can i can picture like the pilot coming over your comm and being like chief there's you know a bunch of banish just moved across the ridge and then chief doesn't respond at all you just have that knowledge as the player now that there's there. Oscar Myers gonna be like, well, I mean, like, fuck me, say I anything. Wouldn't that be hilarious though if he's just like, oh, I guess I'll just talk you to a wall. You know, that'd be I'd laugh out loud. You know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, and I was gonna I was gonna move forward here, but then I kind of got pulled back. I was just thinking, I'm just like this kind of whole this whole concept of like chief as a character or as a vessel for the player. It kind of reminds me just about, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, just how much Halo changed through the years. How much Halo was the tracks were being laid as the train went with that series? You know, like I said, it started out as an RTS, you know, third person. Then it was first person. We know things like when Halo Combat Evolved was being developed, they thought they thought that the Flood was just going to be a Covenant bioweapon. Mm-hmm. The Covenant were using the Flood as a weapon from their own arsenal, like it had nothing to do with Forerunners or Precursors or anything like that. You know, um, in Halo One and Two, they had the idea that the Forerunners were just humans from a long time ago. And you get to Halo 3, and they start introducing the fact that uh, that Forerunners were a different race than the humans. They were separate. Right. You know, you, there's constantly different things changing um, throughout the series. You get, you know, that it's just uh, it's just like an amalgamation of ideas. It's the same thing for Star Wars, you know. Like, like, George Lucas had ideas for Star Wars right at the beginning, some early on that stayed all the way 20, 30 years later. And other ideas that kind of got, you know, fleshed out. Like, he had the ideas for Anakin and Darth Vader, but, like, right. did he have it point by point? No, that's what's for, tough, no. and I, I feel bad for people like George and for people like, well, 343 and Bungie both, because it's like, yeah. people seem to get upset that, like, there like wasn't you a said, as you, as you phrased it, it's like they do it as the track the tracks are being laid as they're doing it, you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like this has all been planned out. You have, like, broad strokes that you want to hit, but how you get to them is how... Is, is the process that you go through between each games and how that stuff can alter like 
you know, Luke Starkiller was originally the name, and like you said, some of the stuff in Halo. Um, people sometimes will give that stuff shit, like, oh, it wasn't planned from the beginning. It's like, it shouldn't have to be. You look no, at a lot of franchises. You don't franchises, know if it's successful either. Or I shouldn't even say franchises. You look at a lot of movies or games that's tried out, that started out to try to be that and be successful in a way that was going for a trilogy. Things like games like Too Human, uh, movies like Warcraft that kind of build on that premise, like they're setting up for that stuff, and it almost never works out. But Actually, it's when Destiny you kind of do tried it that, and it, I think it did fail for a few years, but they managed to catch themselves. And yeah, pick. one of the few success stories, because most, and it's unfortunate, because you you, you know, it's awesome when people are able to go in with that and uh, that approach, but that's a completely different topic for another time. Uh, another one on the bingo card there. Bro. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Josh, yeah, we'll move forward into we got uh, one write in and then we got a, a bunch of clips of Bitchin'. people sharing their opinions oh, yeah. on uh, Chief as a character or vessel. So the first uh, we got just like I said, we got one written email that was sent in. I am going to try to pronounce your name. I apologize deeply because I'll probably get it wrong. But I think the name is Harang uh, Kalsa. Harang Kalsa. I apologize. Write in. Let me know how it was, uh, how it's actually said. I apologize. But uh, he says, um, I believe a defined vessel and an empty character are both cool in their own right. To me, it seems Bungie put as much effort as they could as not saying anything about who Master Chief is outside of big green badass that kills aliens, mostly. When 343 came along, they wanted to tell a more human story and tried to give Master Chief more human elements, and his relationship with Cortana was expanded upon and stuff. I believe that while what 343 did wasn't bad, and I believe they were pretty successful to an extent, especially with Halo 4, what Bungie did was pretty clever. By not defining exactly who Master Chief is, it allowed the player to sort of fill in their ideal Master Chief. It allows the player's creativity to run wild. I'm not saying I don't like what 343 did with Chief, I just think it's interesting having the main character be someone who you don't know much about, someone who's just the badass super soldier. I did think what 343 did was interesting enough, and the stuff about the ethics of what Halsey did and stuff was cool, but I think almost a side effect of that was ruining some of the mystery of the Master Chief. It reminds me of the ending of Halo 1 versus the ending of Halo 4. In Halo 1, the camera was perfectly aligned so it cut off what Master Chief looked like. And even if you go in there and look in Custom Edition, a little Easter egg is that Master Chief has another Master Chief helmet underneath that. One of my favorite gifts. Right? <laughs> uh, comparing that to Halo 4's legendary ending where you can actually see part of Master Chief's face, it disappointed me a little. I know they wanted to explore who Master Chief is, and I believe some of that was, differ- was to differentiate, separate themselves from Bungie. And I feel like I get what they were going for, but I think I prefer what Bungie was going for because it ruined a bit of what I imagined. A comparison about something that's outside of gaming is where there's a movie adaptation of a book. Now, I'm not saying that movie adaptations shouldn't be made. In fact, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of my favorite set of movies. The best movies. Uh, However, I do believe a lot of times when adapting books, a lot of things are lost. Each person that's read the book has a different vision of what the setting, the characters, the feel, and the vision of the book was. It let their creativity run wild. When making a movie, it can be hard because it was more defined. It's more tangible. It can be seen, and it's the way, asterisk, that the book is meant to be seen. It can end up ruining a lot of people's images of what the book was, as in their minds it looked different, and the movie failed to recapture that. I do think what 343 did wasn't bad, but I think that it did ruin some of the mystery around Master Chief in the Halo universe that used to let our imaginations run wild. Completely fair opinions, my dude. Um, Honestly, I think for people who, you know... I think the people who are lore heavy, like myself, like Alex, a lot of people who listen, we get so caught up in the lore heavy stuff that we don't realize that's not everyone. You know, like right. 
There's people like mean. Josh who, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's people like Josh who play, you know, for the, they play the campaign for the fun of it, and then they go to the multiplayer. Um, and you have a lot of people out there who, like me and Josh, the kind of people that if we start a franchise, there is no starting on the third and never playing the first two. It's, never. we got to play all of it. Like, yes. There's no excuse. But there are a lot of people out there who are just like, okay, well, I have a 360 and Halo 3 is the newest one, so I'm not going to bother with the first two. You guys, I so, literally bought, uh, Brian helped me get um, my Xbox One. Uh, when I got it, and uh, the first game I bought for it was Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, and uh, I played like 10 minutes of it just to get a feel for next gen, and uh, to see if it worked even, and then I put it down because I told myself I've only ever beaten the first Assassin's Creed, mm. so uh, I have not touched it since, and I've only now just, just begun looking too. through. Yeah, I'm on uh, Brotherhood now, and I've had a couple people tell me like, dude, just skip to the skip. 15 years from now, you'll you'll get to four. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be worth it. I'll make a big deal. Yeah. Continue, Bron. I didn't mean to cut you off, though. No, no, it's okay. Um, no, I think it's completely fair to have the the opinion of preferring the, the, the vessel. And I think if you're somebody who just played, th- like, let's say you started with Halo 3 on 360, and then you played Reach and you played ODST, then when 4 comes out, you're probably going, uh, let's say you don't read the books either. Like, a lot of people don't read the books, just play the games. 4 probably did seem like a culture shock. You know, like, if you're not reading the books, you know, in my opinion, if you haven't played Halo 1, you just played two, three, you played some Reach, whatever. They're not very deep on anyone really as a character in the in the Bungie games. Um, so it probably did come out as a shock. And, and people are going, wow, 343 just made this quick left turn. But in reality, they didn't. You know, there was a loud, I don't know if it was the, it sounds like, I don't know if it was the minor, minority, the majority, maybe half and half, but there was a loud group of people through all of Bungie's time with Halo that were saying, reference the books, tie it into the books. We want more lore. What's going on with the Forerunners? Blah, 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 blah. That's why you hear somebody like Alex who said in the past, he's like, when I played Halo Reach, it was kind of the opposite of everything I wanted as a lore fan. Like, Reach was so dry, and it, it not only did it not really inter- like tell us much about the lore, but it also kind of screwed it up from what we knew in the book. And you go right into Halo 4 after Reach, and, and, and Alex is like, this is everything I wanted. They're doing everything I want. They're going into the lore. They're going into the backstory with Chief as a character. Um, so it's something that people have been asking for for a long, long time. But if you're not in that group, it, it's definitely kind of just threw you for a loop. Um, and I think there is something that can be lost when you define a character too much. I don't personally feel that way with Halo. Um, but I can definitely see, like, if you're playing Halo 3 for the first time, you just feel like this badass, faceless green soldier, you know, kicking ass, you know. and then when It's going to be a hard balance to strike for sure because I think people are going to be split either which way they take it. Because you want to reel it back, because I think Halo 5 did go a little too far with that, like we already said. So it makes sense to want to reel that back and kind of build off that new foundation. But then at the same time, you have those people who were coming off of 4 and how much they love that, and they kind of want more of that, and you have to try to balance it. And I just... I don't think there's a perfect way to balance it where you're going to be able to get a hundred, you know, out of a hundred people, so to speak, a hundred percent, basically, uh, really feeling that way and vibing with that. But you know, it's tough too, but see, it's so much fun for me because I look at it like it's, it's a lot more enjoyable. If you look at it, like chief being the shy kid in school who finally decided to open up and he Mm -hmm. got more comfortable and made friends because that's really how I look at it. Like he was just really quiet at first. I mean, had a little bit of personality, but, um, you know, he, he kind of did it through kind of a uh, a funnel in one sense. So you really didn't get this, like, especially like in Halo 2, you know, it was almost like, well, that kid's 
that kid's pretty badass, you know? But yeah. then it's like you get in the other games and you start to see emotion that this person cares and feels things. And uh, for me, that's uh, that makes sense. But, you know, I get where you're coming from, buddy. Because um, I, I think in some ways the books have hindered a lot of it. And, I mean, that's what's really tough for me is because a lot of people love what the lore has brought in. And I think it's actually kind of hurt in some ways. But to be fair, I think that's a small minority in ways that it's hurt it. And if I can expunge on that a bit, I just simply mean that, you know, you don't really get as much of that type of chief in the game. So it is really like black and white. Um, but it's great because since you don't get that much, like for me back in the day, I was like, I don't want to read any Halo books that don't have the Chief in it because I want to know more about the Chief and learn about them. And the books were my experience, like Fall of Reach for Strike, you know, the Flood, everything like that. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, I kind of really want to have these core experiences for me playing as him. You know, it's a, it's a like together kind of experience. But um, I'm going to ramble about that. No, I think I think we're on the same page. I think so too. I think so too. Jo- Josh and I feel like objectively. Halo has a problem with with there being too many books. I know there's some people listening that are saying that's heresy, that's terrible. It's not that we don't like the books, not that we don't want more books to come out, but we're at a point now where there's like 40 full-on novels. That's not including comics or anything right. else. And they're just coming out at a, seems like two to three books a year. Right. And we're getting to the point where if you enter the Halo franchise and you want to consume it all... You might be at 100 books in 10 years. And, I mean, 100 books, that's insane. Yeah, and, you know, something else he touched upon in that um, email that's plays into this is there is a – it's so hard to maintain mystery because part of the reason you experience shows, movies, games, all that kind of stuff is you want to unravel, like, what you don't know. Because if you're enjoying it, yeah. you want to be able to put it all together so it makes sense and so you can fully understand it and unlock the mysteries. Yep. But then in doing so, when we learn that stuff – it either A, doesn't meet our expectations, or B, kind of removes that intangible element that really made us love the the experience in the first place. Yeah. So as you get further into these things, something's kind of lost with that. And I think that's what happened with the old Star Wars canon. There was a lot in there that was really amazing, for example, but it needed to kind of be reset because there was so much. It was all over the place. It was really hard to know where to start, what was actually like on different tiers of canon. You know, it... It was just too much, too overwhelming. See, and I think this that's is a good tie-in. Halo's of, slowly oh, did I interrupt you? Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. I just think that Halo is slowly getting there, too. Sometimes Josh and I try to read each other's faces to know that the convert, they're, what they're saying is winding down so we can start what we're going to say, and sometimes we're, we're, we're wrong. Oh, it's cool. We interrupt ourselves all the time. I don't mind that. I love that about us, though, man. I yeah. Always always ha- that way, there's no you know, there's no blips of no one having anything to say. We're just constantly right. going. No awkwardness. Um, but no, you, you bring up Star Wars again, and I think that's a really good point because I was about to say, you know, 343 is in an absolutely unwinnable spot now because I feel like the the vocal majority that we hear is we want Bungie art style, Bungie, we want we want the Bungie stuff back. Bungie type of gameplay, Bungie type art style, Bungie type music, and that's what we're very much getting with Infinite. I think that's pretty objective fact. That's what the direction they're going. But as we've moved closer and closer to going back to Bungie type stuff, you're starting to hear a little vocal minority. And even though it's a minority, it still matters so just as much. They're starting to say... Halo 4 is my favorite. I want the whole series to be like Halo 4. I want the whole series to be just like the Forerunner Saga stuff, 4 and 5 era. And you're starting to hear that crop up more. And that's only going to happen more and more as people who grew up with those games get older and older. And I compare that to Star Wars because Star Wars is... The reason Star Wars is probably probably one of the most toxic fan bases on the planet is because they've now done that three times. 
you have your original trilogy, you have your prequel trilogy, you have your sequel trilogy, and you now have you have some people that are going, you know, originals only. Those people are pretty old at this point, usually quite older people. Thank God. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got some people that are going, um, you know, the original six films only. Probably some that are saying I only cared for the prequels. I thought the originals were boring. You got some people saying the sequels are my favorite. That that's that's a lower amount at this time, at least from what I can tell. And then you got people that are going, I like all of it, or or people go, I hate the prequels, but I just love uh, four through uh, nine. I right. mean, you have so many different sects of fans that, and and those movies are wildly different. Like I know they're all Star Wars, but like if you watch if you watched Attack of the Clones, Empire, and then Rise of Skywalker, it would be like, whoa, like there these are wildly different in many different For ways. Sure. Despite being in the same universe. So the more you continue to change things up, introduce new styles, you get you, you bring people in on new ideas and new concepts. Um, you know. So it's just like people who played Halo Two for the first time and they're like some people were like Arbiter's my favorite character. I want to play as Arbiter more and they get blows to Halo my 3. mind, but I think that's awesome. Yeah, and then you get to Halo Three and they're like Arbiter is like a sideline NPC kind of, you know. I, Which this blows is, my mind too, because it's something I never considered before. But I think yeah, because I mean, I prefer to play Val, Chief, Val even though I, I love Arbiter. Yeah, right. Um, so we get a, our first voice clip here is from I'm, I'm. You you said you go by Kilo, so that's what I'll call you from here on out. But your first name is Rose, I think R O S E E. Um, oh, cool. Really nice. Uh, wrote a little thing saying a uh, couple couple things said here before we play the clip, but at the end. Uh, he said, uh, I am a major fan of the podcast. I can't wait to hear the next episode. So Aww. we appreciate you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. This stuff makes it. Um, I'm smiling. I got some, uh, the, there are three words that oh, come go to ahead. mind when I think of the Master Chief. Hope, believe, and become. The Master Chief represents hope for humanity in all of her colonies. In any of the games, you'll hear and see how people light up around him. His gold visor shines a light even in humanity's darkest hours. The Master Chief represents the belief that nothing is impossible. Time and time again, we have seen him fight against impossible odds and win. This is all built on the strong foundation of believe and you shall succeed. And most importantly, the Master Chief represents becoming the hero. Hire this dude for a commercial. The heroes aren't born, they're Hell made. Yeah. With every mission that all of us complete, with every Marine we save, we become the hero. We become the Master Chief. This is why I personally prefer the Chief to be a vessel for the player. It allows us to connect with our actions within the game world in such a personal way. When I sit down to play Halo, I'm no longer sitting on a couch or a gaming chair. I'm wading deep into humanity's struggles and doing my best part to save it. The Master Chief doesn't only represent one character or one set of armor, or one set of ideals. The Master Chief represents all of us, every Halo fan. So believe in him, become him, and like him, be a beacon of hope. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Dude, that was great. Bro, do you have a YouTube? Because that, holy fuck, that was smooth as I shit. I feel like uh, if he was on here, you he would he he'd be trying to gun for your your intro. My God, he could. Man, I'm telling you what, that dude owned it. I love what he. You made me want to go play Halo right now, and that's right? awesome. Wow, become believe. Um, you know, Damn. I was when he was talking, it made me think. I'm like. I think it really, you know, a lot of it comes down to your preference and your perspective. Because, like, let me let me give you guys an example here. I'm playing through Mass Effect right now. When I play Mass Effect trilogy, I make my character the general male shepherd face. And some people, like Josh, probably go, "Geez, Brian, your role playing sucks." 
But for me, what it is is I I like having a defined character. Mm-hmm. And between the you know Mark Muir voice actor and and the the model for Shepard and the you know the, the case of the game, all the advertising is the Shepard. When I play Mass Effect, I just picture the main character of Mass Effect as John Shepard, the one that we see on the box art. That's what I like. That, that's what I enjoy. It doesn't make me right or wrong. You know, some people are like, I'm Hey, Josh. that's the freedom of choice with that kind yeah. of game. So like I'm Josh Shepard Even and I made I my character to, look like yeah. me, you know, and blah 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 blah. You know, some people do that. But then conversely, when I play Dragon Age, um, at least Dragon Age uh Inquisition and, and Origins, not the same for They're for like, two. We ain't got no default shit. Yeah. Well you two does. Two yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Inquisition but, and Origins do not, though. Yeah, so, so when yeah. they give me, when they <laughs> don't give me a default, mode. my mind immediately goes to make this character look like me, pretend that I am this character. Right. And you, you always have people approach things from a different perspective. Like, like I just said, I either go establish character, or I try to make myself. But some people are like, I'm gonna make my character a uh, a thief elf who descends from a rich family and they role play it, you know, and it, it doesn't look like them. It, it's not an established character. It's, it's all this different stuff. Um, so it just really de- matters on your perspective of what you want the character to be like. No. Yeah. I can see what you're saying, Brian. I, I think I pretty much tip or tad agree with that. That's a pretty good way of putting it. But, uh, yeah, man, that dude's voice though. I mean, amazing dude. Uh, he's gotta be, he's gotta be using that for like a commercial or something. You know, the guy in the commercial that goes in a world where everything is. Yeah, black, dude. You know? Like the movie trailers. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Or like totally if he was doing a food commercial, it would absolutely sell me on one to go get. Time. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't even, I don't even like fish food, but, uh, nah, you probably can't silvers. Here I come. No, fish. Here I go. Yeah, I love right. fish. Um, anyway, great. Great for the next clip, uh, Josh. Yeah, let's hear it. Thank you, man. All right. This next clip is from, hopefully I pronounce it right. The username is Chlorandria. Chlorandria. I think I got that right. So let's go ahead and hear what she has to say. I think at the beginning of Halo, Master Chief was definitely meant to be what you would say, an empty vessel for the player. I call this uh, Blink Slate kind of similar to Doom Slayer, Gordon Freeman, Link. Uh, Blink Slate's... Blank Slate is just kind of a funny phrase. I, I, I use it. Not necessarily blank slate. There's still going to be some personality, but you, sure. it's still, the point is, you as player can imagine yourself as that character. 343 is definitely trying to humanize Master Chief, you know, make him a defined character. Mm-hmm. I don't mind this change. I think this shows the consequences of the Spartan 2 program. I'm not big on lore, but it definitely shows stuff about Master Chief's past. So if I were to answer which do you prefer, which do you think he is, I would say I don't really have a preference. Character growth is character growth. What do I think he is? I think he's still a blank slate. It still feels like he's an empty vessel for the player to be in. See, that's a... You know, that's a completely great, valid opinion. I always want to, I feel like I always want to say that beforehand because if I start to disagree, I don't want the listener to think I'm saying they're wrong because I don't think you're wrong at all. But, you know, uh, she used um, Link from Zelda, the Zelda series, to compare it. You know, Josh isn't huge on the Zelda series, but I am. And Just because I haven't owned a Nintendo in like, since yeah. I was a kid. So I, I'm, I'm just ignorant to all that. And when she references Link, though, and maybe you've seen enough, Josh, that you can comment on this too, but. Link truly is like a blank vessel. I mean, he has no... He doesn't speak. He has really no character. I mean, he's just... 
You know, he usually has like blonde hair, a green tunic, and a master sword. And he actually, with Breath of the Wild, he doesn't even have the green tunic uh, in the base anymore. So when I when I think of somebody like Master Chief compared to Link, I'm like, holy crap! Master Chief has far more development than Link does. Like, it's not even close. Um, and then you know, like I said, everybody everybody seems to say you know three four three are the ones who want to characterize him more. Three four three is the one that want to characterize him more. Well. They're the ones that wanted to bring that into the game a little bit more, but I really feel like Chief is, has been being characterized for 10 years prior to, you know, to, to 343. Mm-hmm. I feel like all these different influences, all these different people that have their hands in the Halo pot, the people who work on the books, the people who work on the games, I feel like there was so much to flesh his character out already prior to, to 343 that uh, when, when they made Halo 4, yeah, they advanced it, and it's clear they were trying to do that, but I think they were listening to a lot of people who had seen his character being built for 10 years and saying, okay, we're going to give you more of that. We're going to start to, to bring that forward. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Josh? Uh, I can see about? either which way. I mean, I, I definitely see where she's coming from though. Cause uh, I'm kind of indifferent too. Like I kind of, I kind of don't mind just because I've been playing since the beginning. I think I said that earlier, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't really mind. Um, I, I like where that, where they've taken him. I don't, I don't really think, I, I don't think there's a point they could take him now where i could really dislike it where it's like too much to me because of where they kind of took him with five not that, got that was angsty. too much but he got a little too um angsty, emotionally kinda. compromised i guess co- yeah. compared to what i guess we we i feel like we should justify he needs to stay calm and collected yeah and and save those ex, you know um, real emotional moments for those extreme moments because that's what yeah. makes them impactful is quality over quantity right so um but no i'm kind of the same way like i think they can still I think they can still have him dialogue and stuff like that and not, you know, and still feel like a vessel for the character. I, I anytime I played him in four or five, I still felt like I was chief. I just felt like I was getting a, a better look at chief, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I really, I, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, I, I think I'm the same way. I, and I think that'd be a good balance. Cause you want some of the empty vessel stuff so you can kind of superimpose yourself into the experience, but then also like have the dialogue so you can, get this experience of this character and this person that you've known for so long because i think if they went all the way back and really scaled it down to something like where he's really quiet like og bungie mm-hmm. um i don't think that'd be i think that'd be a mistake simply because uh you know, at, this, at this point in time in like 2021 you want this character to show some like emotion and yeah. emote and, and do some stuff in some ways but yeah gotta have a little yeah i mean that, so. i think that's where it comes back to like the whole happy happy medium thing because you know right. Here I am. My opinion is that he's he's been a character. Look at me. I'm being such a Libra right now. <laughs> he's uh he's he's been he's been such a character long before three four three came along. That's my opinion. But even me saying that, even if even if I was right on that, I think there's still a fair opinion to have. You know, well, I get where you're coming from. Too. I would prefer you know if people who are preferring he'd talk less and show less character, they could still pull that off pretty well. You know he could still like like I said they don't have to make him talking gameplay in Infinite. You know that would make a big differentiator right there. Yeah, I mean the thing I'm expecting is like there there probably will be moments like if you're just exploring an area or maybe it's some kind of side quest, whatever they however they want to approach the explore exploration part of the game. I imagine those parts won't really have dialogue. It's going to be more the scripted elements, you know, sort of the more railroady parts of the game, so yeah. to speak, where he probably will speak up here and there. And I think that will help balance it out because if you're someone making a beeline for the story, probably like Brian, um, he'll probably get more of that conciseness. But then if he does in multiple playthroughs, decide to go back and just explore stuff, he would probably get a more a balance like I probably would my first playthrough in, in yeah. trying to do that. So I think they will probably strike that. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much for that clip. Thank really you. appreciate it. Um, Josh, you ready for a clip from our boy Montana Menace? All right, bet. Here we go. Let's hear it. 
pretty soon here. Any moment. Make it play. What's up, Sacred Icon Universe? What up, dude? Master Chief, I Ooh, think, we got your own universe. a vessel and a complete character. The Bungie Big Three, to me, felt like you were defending your fellow humans and Earth against a bunch of alien bastards. CE and 2 felt more like Chief was a pretty static character with a couple of one-liners and some minor dialogue compared to the others. Albeit, I need a weapon and... I'm giving the Covenant back their bomb, or some pretty badass lines. I noticed more of a change in Halo 3 with him feeling not much of a straight killing machine with cast iron balls. 343 <laughs> did introduce a more human side of Chief than Bungie did. Now, all of this is just my observations of the filthy casual. In Halo 5, we did see more of a human chief that didn't just follow orders for the sake of following orders. Taking a look at his character arc through the series has had such a dynamic transformation as a defined character. I do think 343 did a better job of defining him as becoming more grounded and human-like. I think our boy Chief is both in the end, really. Now, personally, I do prefer a defined character as long as it's part of a good story over a blank empty husk. Definitely Sorry for that. the ravings of this madman, but I love y'all and keep it sacred. Oh, thank you so much. No, not, ra not ravings at all. I love it. I love it, man. The more the better. So thank yeah, you. I think I think uh, listening to him talk, I just the one thing I kind of thought to myself was like, you know, either way, whether they go with you know more character or more like empty vessel approach. It feels like now in 2021, after all the Halo games that are out, it feels like everyone still loves the Chief. You know, I don't hear anybody say they don't like Master Chief anymore or because of 4 and 5, they no longer like the character. It seems That's like everyone's true. still on the I same say, page. You know what, Brian? I'm, I think the same thing. I never notice anyone say, I'm sick of playing as the Chief or I want, it's more like I want Chief back. And yeah. the only time I ever hear people say I want, like, to play a game on the first Contact War or, uh, or you know, or Contact Harvest. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Mass Effect right now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Funny. Anyway, Contact Harvest, you know, and stuff like that and other spinoff ideas or an ODST2. Anytime people say that stuff, it's kind of in, in supplement in addition to still getting a mainline series yep. chief at the forefront. So that's... That's a they good haven't point. really done any damage to his character. Even if somebody says, oh, I hate Halo 5, I hate it, or I hate Halo 5 and 4. You know, people who say that still feels like they really haven't damaged his character any because people love him. Fortunately, just yeah, anytime he's opposed somebody, we ended up not liking the person he opposed. Yeah. You know, my so, boy Chief. yeah, it's like uh, Del Rio or Locke. It's just like, no, we're not yeah. going to be fans of you guys overnight. Although I do like Locke. And, and Del Rio, I like in the sense that I hate him, but, uh, yeah. you know, so much. But yeah. uh, no, no, I agree with you, man. I, I think it is. It, I see every side of it. I'm at such a point now where they could do whatever they wanted to do, and I feel like I would just be so accepting. I think probably because I'm not as big into the lore as much as most people, I feel like I'm a lot more um, open to just seeing whatever they want to do, as long as he's not honestly doing some of the Halo 5 like edginess. Um, see, I think I'm, I'm I think he said, I think Montana Menace said something that's kind of obvious, but none of us really say. He said, um, you know, I, I would like him to have more character, be more of a character if it's in a good story. Right. And I think that's. I think there's a lot of us out there who go, we really liked you know him having more character when we played Halo Four, but then we played Halo Five, and and now now we're kind of thinking we don't want the character as much because we feel like it's you know, the quality of Halo Five story was reflective of him being more of a character. When really that doesn't necessarily mean they have anything to do with each other. Like you could still have him be very character based and infinite, and if the story is much better, you'd be more happy with it. You know. You know what it brings to my mind is. Just how crazy it is, how much of a taste, that a salty taste that left in all of our mouths. You know what I mean? The Halo 5 story, you mean? Yeah, because it's yeah. like what you, the experience you leave off on very much sort of rewrites your overall opinion of a core experience and yeah. 
coming on. It's just so weird. It's just how many years of this now? Six it's years? Hard to sep- Dude, I find it hard to separate like how much of it's my bias and how much of it's just Halo 5's problems. Because I will say, even though we've done it, we just did an episode not too long ago about Halo 5's story and everything. I have really come around to, to really loving Halo 5 as a package, as a game as a whole. Me too, you know, for sure. I despite love Despite not game. liking the story. But... It is undeniable how much damage that story did to the the Halo fandom. And it makes me wonder if that damage is any worse than other franchises or it's just the same. And, and because we're so caught up in it, we, we think it's worse. Like, you know, when Resident Evil 5 and 6 came out, and the, I'm sure you at least heard of Resident Evil 6 complaints back when it came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Years. And I played a bit of that, so I understand yeah. where it comes and from. It's, despite it's like that. Like, people talked about the series was dead. You know, it sucked. Right. It's awful. Like, and then they brought it back with 7. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Do you think it's any worse than other franchises, Josh? Or do you think that I feel like Halo just... kind of falls under scrutiny more, to be honest, just because of the fan base. And, and because yeah. it's, it's more of a shooter, people are a little more vocal because you have a, a bit more of an aggressive community if you've ever mm-hmm. played multiplayer with some toxic people you kind of know what i'm talking about yeah. obviously i say that to everyone not just you brian because one of the biggest you know. franchises in but game. uh yeah. no i i think uh it dude it's tough because yeah i i feel like if if chief if we were coming off halo 4 right now there would be different concerns i guess and mm-hmm. expectations and hopes but coming off of five i feel like everyone's worried because of the six year wait everyone's worry and concern of how they'll handle chief and everything is like been intensified and then like what like hope we don't play as Locke, and then suddenly like what happened to Locke? is he dead you know and all this mystery yeah. and everything and i mean that's building up which is good like keep people wondering but uh you know i just i i think if that last game had been a bit handled differently i think people would well uh, there's as much trepidation as there is like excitement i notice and i feel like yeah. the trepidation wouldn't be there a good either. example josh and, and correct me if i'm wrong but you when you played first played halo 4 you didn't really you weren't a huge fan of it but when you were going towards halo 5 and halo 5 marketing was taking off you were in this mentality kind of of i wasn't a huge fan of 4 but i could see 5 being good enough to kind of just make me you know accept 4 kind of right the ship pretty much and i think yeah, i think short. a lot of people who didn't like 4 were in that boat where they're like you know 4 wasn't my favorite but it, it didn't really ruin anything so if we well and i think too better, i was so excited because you know that was the first of its kind like in the 343 side of things so i was excited to get the second iteration we're almost like you know like in the sequel trilogy of star wars like force awakens its own thing where you got to wait yeah. like 2 years to see kind of like the world building that can come off that type of approach. Yeah. So um, I was excited to just see how that kind of better enhanced it retroactively. And in a sense, it made it way better because Halo 5 wasn't as good. So as much as we love it, yeah. as much as we love well, it. Well, I mean, I think as much as we've come around to Halo 5 as a game, as a campaign, multiplayer, even some of the characters, we've never really came around to the story. I think we've pretty much held true to. Yeah, like I can like enjoy playing the campaign and enjoy the story in that sense, but then it's just, it's tough. It's t- I was yeah. even before recording this. I'm sitting there thinking about that opening cutscene of Halo Five when Osiris is jumping out and, yeah. and on the snow. The light is and green. Out. And a little part of me is like, "What if that was Blue Team?" And then I'm like, "But why would they be so separated and doing stuff isolated?" Like, and, I, I, and then my brain just goes down a, a rabbit hole, and I'm like, "Yeah, stop. It's, like, it's yeah. done. It's been it's six not years. It. Move on." Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank, thank you so you. much for that. Thank you, uh, clip, Montana Menace. Um, Josh, next clip is from, I'm not sure if I'm aware of who he is in the community, but his name is Steven Finlayson. Oh, cool. So oh, here cool. we go. Hey, Sacred Icon crew. Rodan here. Hope you all Oh, Rodan. Well. Okay. Oh, nice. I just want to share a few thoughts about Master Chief and his role as the player character. Hell yeah. So is he an empty vessel for the player to project themselves onto or a defined character with a fully fleshed out narrative? Ultimately, I'm going to take the easy route and say what I assume most listeners of the podcast would agree with. 
that Chief needs to fill both roles. <laughs> yeah. uh, in my opinion, yep. Chief exists today as one of the few true icons in the gaming industry, mainly due to both Bungie and 343 Industries masterfully keeping him aligned in the center of both aspects. When I think of other icons across media, you can see the parallels between them and Master Chief and how they're handled by the holders of the IP. I believe they're engineered from the outset to become icons, and they're set up for success on the drawing room floor. Uh, one thing they have in common is a generally mild personality. Usually it can be hard to expand on their characterization beyond just a few base traits. Master Chief can, in a way, be simplified down to just being a Mjolnir visor that reflects the world around him. He has very simple characteristics like loyalty to his friends and a sense of duty to the UNSC. Sure. And you could argue something of a romantic relationship with Cortana. But those motivations just keep him grounded in the world and provide context to his actions. But he's ultimately a man of few words who is guided by the more passionate and colorful characters around him. Probably the best icon example I can think of is James Bond. Uh, like John 117, James Bond goes by number 007. And this helps to dehumanize them a bit and really sell the power fantasy. Bond doesn't wear a Mjolnir armor, but like Chief, he is more known by his suit and equipment like gadgets and cars. Uh, right. He isn't faceless like Chief is, but he's a man of many different faces throughout the franchise, acted by many different people. His motivations are simple, and that they're just enough to provide a base context for the actions. And like Chief, Bond is surrounded by a rogues gallery of charismatic villains, and he's surrounded by characters that are oftentimes more human than the protagonist himself. Uh, so, in essence, I think 343 needs to keep doing what it appears they've been doing, mirroring other timeless icons in pop culture and walking that fine line between, between being a faceless void of personality, so the player can interject themselves into him, and being a little fleshed out so they make sense in the world around him. If you go too far in the personality-less direction, he loses context and believability yeah, in the world. Yeah, definitely agree. But if you go too far in the fleshed-out direction, you lose that timelessness that'll help the character stay an icon. So basically, if they can continue to walk the fine line in the middle and manage the IP well, they can keep Master Chief a galaxy-saving James Bond, and he can survive soft reboots and hard reboots and the occasional bad outing, and our grandkids could be playing as him in adventures for decades to come. So that's all I've got. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep it sacred. Boom. Dude, I actually have a lot to say about that. He really Go got forward. my, mind. Yeah, really got my mind going here. Take us away. Um, so one thing he touched on early was like kind of how, you know, Master Chief is our anchor to the world of Halo. He's kind of this he's the he's the grounded character that we survey the world of Halo through. You know, it's like when we're exploring a ring. You know, he's discovering it with us when we're, when we're trying to figure out how to stop the alien threat. You know, we're trying to figure it out with him. It's like right. all of these crazy otherworldly things that are happening in Halo, we can experience them through Chief because he is more, you know, when people try to like reference his, the, the vessel aspects of him, it's that we step into those boots and everything in the world can make sense as, as if we're playing as him, you know? Right. Um, and then that kind of makes me think about how. Halo 5, you know, that's the... I've actually seen how that can be done in a way that, that pulls me out of the game because I can remember the first time I played... Well, first of all, when you're playing as Osiris, you know, and you get to the moment where there's the, the fight scene between Locke and Chief, you know, mm -hmm. you're playing as Locke before and after that cutscene. So it feels like you're now playing as the character who's fighting against Chief, which we don't, you know, as the player who... We have journeyed with Chief for, at that point, 15 years. 
it feels like I don't want to be the guy who's fighting Chief and trying to stop him. And then yeah. what really what really soured me was when I first landed. I think it was I think the first time it happens is when you first land on Genesis, and Chief comes over your comms as Locke. You see his face appear on the screen. That's when he says the whole you know how the hell did you get here thing. Mm-hmm. And that really like I remember the first time I played that and that happened. It was kind of like out of body almost. It was kind of like this. Ooh, this is weird because because I'm I'm hearing. The character that I have been for 15 years talking to me through comms, I see his face pop up on the visor, and he's and he's you can tell he's kind of antagonistic. He's kind of like, "Why the hell are you here?" And I'm like, "I don't like this, man. I feel like I just mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable with this." And I think that's very much that doesn't get talked what, about much. I don't think we've ever brought that up before on the show, but that's a really like good that point, specific Brian. aspect. Yeah, that specific moment. Yeah, it just it makes me feel like you know that that's supposed to be me. That's my character. Like, why is he? I don't know who he is anymore. The frick, frack, paddywhack. Am I in this guy's body? Yeah, this doesn't make any sense Assuming to me. So I, I think control. what uh, Stephen said really uh, that really resonated with me because I'm like, yeah, if you if you take us too far away from character from Chief being us, because I would argue even though it was four giving him all that character, I still felt very much like I could step into Chief's boots. You know, I'm there. I'm discovering Requiem around me. I'm trying to save Cortana. Cortana's talking to me. I'm talking to her. We're really sad. I don't want to lose her type deal. It still worked for me. I still felt that vessel. I felt like four was a pretty good blend of a vessel and character, actually, come to think of it. But five was definitely too much like Chief's his own character in this universe, and I have nothing to do with him. You know. Well, I think there's something to be said about the specificness of how like Chief communicates himself. Because even if, you know, if you go back to the bungee ones and he's more the strong, silent type, and when when he speaks, it like really carries weight because he doesn't do it much, right? So you pay more attention. But then you go to the the three four three ones where he's starting to talk a bit more, and then into five, you know, where he does kind of talk a bit more edgy, like and almost antagonistic. That's really tough because it's like in one sense you could you could have a chief that talks as much as he does in four and five, and that still resonate well only though if he really is composed and, and doesn't show emotion much until mm-hmm. something really calls for it. You know what I mean? Um, whereas like five kind of did that a bit wildly in the time we had him. So yeah. I feel like it's, it's kind of a, a gray area because if you have him talking too much, you run the risk more of him talking a bit more wild and edgy and all that type of stuff. And then there, therein comes the problem. But for me, it's like, it's like, okay, if you go back to the, uh, the bungee ones, it almost reminds me, um, I'm totally forgetting his name. But uh, Jesus, uh, Caesar from Planet of the Apes, okay. you know, when Caesar finally talks, he's like, no, and everyone pays attention. And it's like yeah. this holy shit moment. Or when he's like, Caesar is home, you know, and you're like, yeah. holy shit. That's what the chief is to me in the bungee ones. So I pay attention more. There's even that moment in Halo 3 where there's like, I think uh, at the very beginning where, uh, oh, my God, oh, my God, Johnson's like, where is she, chief? Where's Cortana? And Chief, you know, they kind of use characters around him to help him sort of act and emote without giving away too much dialogue. Mm-hmm. I liked that, but then I liked, like I said, in four, I liked the balance of it. So, I mean, I don't think you can scale back too much, but I think this game is just the perfect opportunity to balance something like that in because it's open. You know, it's funny, if you compare um, the way that Chief was was portrayed against Locke to Chief and Arbiter in Halo 2. Mm-hmm. When you play Halo 2, it really just feels like Arbiter is his own. He Arbiter is the Spartan 117 of his clan, of the Covenant. For sure. And when you play Halo 2, it feels like you're playing Master Chief's campaign and you're playing Arbiter's campaign. And when, there, there's mo- when there's moments in the story where they meet up, like when they're at Grave Mind and Grave Mind's got them both in his tentacles, you know, it doesn't feel like... 
it doesn't feel like I'm the arbiter and I'm going against Chief and like I don't it doesn't take me out of the experience. It feels like there's these two heroes of their own, you know, their own clans kind of meeting, converging. You okay. know, like it just feels I, different. I completely agree with that, but I honestly think what it comes down to, aside from the time and nostalgia, is when it's arbiter cutscenes, they're pretty lengthy and you get time to explore his character. True. When it's locks cutscenes, Fade to black. They fade to black right before, right when yeah. things are just getting good. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. If we're just going to break it, we're going to go broad strokes here. I mean, the writing in Halo 2 is the best in the franchise, and Halo 5 is the worst. So, I mean, that's going to be detrimental. Well, I mean, I could come around to lock. I don't even mind that they really have the square off. I don't like it contextually, but I don't even so much mind it that they have this, like, meetup. Because it didn't really happen as much with, with Locke and, uh, or, uh, and Chief. Or, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Arbiter and Chief. I'm all over. But, um, I don't know. I just... It's just, it's just honestly, there's just so little exposition in five, and I love exposition in two. I felt like really had that. It's so much Man. to the point where I was like, "What is going on? We're going, Why am I seeing this elite get branded?" We're going down a rabbit trail now, but I think was it? I think it might have been. <laughs> I don't remember what voice clip it was a while back. It might have been Anthony Nicolosi, but I could have that wrong. I, I don't know if it was him or not. But the person voice who left the voice clip said, "Why couldn't Chief and Locke have met up?" But not fought, and I just realized. Are you talking about the whistleblower type approach? Because that was um, that was Tony. Tony, oh Tony, maybe Tony it was, was Tony. the one saying like more of a whistleblower approach. Where okay, well, she's like, like, hey, you don't even know what's going on, man. Yeah, like we'll like, pick, we'll picture Halo Two though, man. Like they they had Locke. Or, wow, Halo Two. See? I guess yeah. technically, <laughs> technically Locke is in Halo Two anniversary in a sense. Um, but the they have Arbiter and Chief meet up face-to-face within feet of each other, yeah. but they're being held by the grave mind, so they can't fight. Mm-hmm. And that was such a genius way to have that story develop, to have those characters interact without there being a fight. So, like, right there, it's like, wow, the grave mind. I can't idea. remember now, but I almost wonder if, like, that era of me was wanting them two to fight. Like, I wonder if the conversations Probably. I had with my friend were like, man, well, it would have been too wanted- cool if they could have fought. Yeah, because I remember you and me thinking like, why aren't we? Why aren't we killing humans when we play as an yep. arbiter? Because we thought that would happen, but it never did, you know. But uh, wow, you gave us a lot to think about there. So yeah, you did, you man. Great for that. Clip. Great, great clip. Um, next clip is from. I am so embarrassed that I have to say it. So there is a a Halo YouTuber that a lot of people I know in our community know, but I am not as familiar with him. So I'm going to mispronounce his name, and I really apologize. I, I owe you more. Um, he he. His YouTube channel that he's known for is he goes by. Wernosage or Wernosage? Wernosage? Uh, yeah, let us know, of, man. Let the the know. Art of Halo. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So he's he's not a, he's not a new guy. He's he's a guy who's been around and people are fans of him. So I really apologize, dude. But um, let's let's hear his clip here. Greetings, Brian and Josh. Wernosage here. Wernosage. Okay. Okay. Channel podcast. So when I saw you, oh, thank you so much, man. Clips, yeah, thank you. I just couldn't miss out. So. Do I prefer Master Chief as a defined character or as an empty vessel for the player? This is a tough one, because growing up, I always thought it was weird how Chief didn't talk. I always liked how how you could see like your main character evolve and stuff, like almost like watching a, a movie, I guess. Right. So when Halo Four came around when I was thirteen, mm-hmm. uh, that was really the perfect game in a way for me, because I. I always wanted Halo to be more story-driven, I guess. Uh, not only the universe, but the characters as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was great. But but as I grew older, I more and more understood what Bungie's intent were with you know, the first three games. Like, 
I, I, I guess I always saw it as a movie when I was young. But now I realize, like, video games is a completely different media. Like, yeah, you, you can be almost watching a movie in a game, like, say, Last of Us or something, something like that. Hell yeah. But Halo is really interesting as it's really putting you in the cho- in, in the shoes of uh, of Master Chief. Mm-hmm. And I think I I I, I think I uh, like something in between like the Halo 4 approach and the Bungie approach. That seems to be the general I, consensus in yeah. between. I really see what they were trying to do. Like yeah, he talks sometimes, but when you're playing, you're really the Master Chief. So what I've come up with is, like, look, look at the scene in uh, the cutscene in uh, Halo 3's mission, Cortana, where Chief finds Cortana. I think that's the like the perfect, perfect amount of emotions from Chief. Like, he, he doesn't talk much, but he shows emotions somehow. Uh, especially when uh, like Cortana brings out emotions in him. Uh, and I think that's what I want in future Halo. Like, during gameplay, I don't think Chief could uh, should talk, because that's really when the players should feel in, 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 in control and feel like they're, they are Chief, you know? Right. But in the cutscenes, I think as long as, as long as he's acting the way we would have acted, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's reacting very naturally to stuff, I think it's I think if we can still feel like we are the chief, even though he's reacting with his own words and emotions. Because, again, Halo 3's Cortana cutscene is just amazing, in my opinion. And I would love to see more stuff like that. I feel like that's the that's the future of Halo. And I think it, it's looking like Halo Infinite is doing kind of that thing. So, yeah, I, I don't want to ramble on for, for too long. You're good, man. You're good, loving man. it. Thank you guys for doing the podcast really appreciate you and appreciate uh, you man yeah keep it sacred oh, oh thanks so much buddy uh I, and I i think that actually reminds me kind of what i was just saying earlier about sergeant johnson where you can still do so much chief is, can be just as much a utility player for other players onto him as he can be a main character for us you know as a protagonist because you can just have them do so much and say so much like oscar miser uh, or Oscar, wow, Oscar Miser. Oscar, Oscar Mayer. Mayer. Uh, He's just an Oscar Miser. <laughs> my brain is messed up. Uh, Oscar Mayer, a.k.a. Brohammer. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I, I kind of agree. I think he's another vessel in a sense. Um, well, probably bad wording. But I think he is a, an opportunity to give Chief a better chance to, to emote and react and interact um, without necessarily having to do stuff on his own and dialogue on his own. Like, you know, he can bounce off of these people. And you need that in any kind of, like, narrative. You need characters that can do that, whether it's a video game, you know, any kind of media. So it's good to have people like him that seems like he's going to be there for most of the game. But you know what that makes me think of? And I don't want to get into spoilers too much, but it almost reminds me of a certain Resident Evil, uh, Evil game. Easel. Resident Evil, everybody. Man, you're all over with your I am all over the place. Uh, but it uh, reminds me of a certain Resident Evil game. Because, well, how funny, I mean, it's, it'd be messed up, but how funny would it be, Brian, if within, like, the first four hours of Halo Infinite, Oscar Mayer completely eats it? Like, he just completely dies. And we All these, this whole these time years we've been thinking about yeah. how monumental this character <laughs> would be? be? 
Oh man! Like maybe that's what sets Chief on his narrative journey. You know, like everything else is just the prologue of the game. Like they actually like they pulled a Marvel and like the cutscene we saw at E3 last year where they land on Zeta Halo. Like that was a cutscene they made just to throw us off. Truthfully, when you play the game, when you land on Zeta Halo, he dies in the crash because yeah, or Chief comes back and that dude is toast, cinnamon, just scattered, scattered to the wind. Um, Anything you want to say though, Brian? The fact that Chief has made it this long despite being a vessel and a character, weaving in and out through different opinions and stuff, I think it just is a testament to to show that we're we're willing to let there be a little experimentation there with this character. Um, but because everybody wants that middle ground, you know, uh, the most common answer is the middle ground. People well, like great a little more didn't chief, but get to that point until Halo Four came out, right? Because then before it was just everything we knew from the Bungie side of things. So it's really great that hey, they did what they did with Halo Four, for better or for worse, for people who didn't like it. I still enjoy the heck out of it. So I think that's awesome that they did that because now it shows people like how far you can go in one direction, yeah. how far you can go in the other, and Let's now people are like, spot. I want this and this, but I kind of want them both. Yeah, so. I mean, he kind of he actually kind of touched on something that you touched on earlier, which was the the scene with him and Cortana at the at the plinth. You know, it's like uh, he's like, uh, you know me, and she's like, I do know how to pick him. It's like he was saying that that was a great example of Chief showing a little more uh, emotion, right. a little more character without going too far. So yeah, I think uh, totally on the same page there. Josh, you ready for our last clip? I mean, yeah, but that's sad. It's sad. Uh, also. Wernosage, I think I got that right. The Art of Halo. I need to check out your content after this. Hopefully, I yeah, absolutely. Right Thank you for Thank sending you. that in and for all the kind words. That means so much to us. Uh, get, very last clip up. is from Stuart. He goes by some classy fool. Stuart, very cool. What's up, Sacred Icon? This is what some up, classy what fool. Up, uh, I jumped on the Discord for probably about a month or so ago, but you might recognize me more from Twitter because we interact a bit there. Oh yeah. Um. I just started the podcast recently, so I figured I'd try and jump oh, in sweet, on man. one. Uh, yeah. With the question this time being, do you prefer Chief as a defined character or as an empty vessel for the player? I've always gravitated towards the protagonists having their own character to them. Uh, no disrespect to people who do, mm-hmm. like, you know, filling the vessel of the protagonists themselves. But I've always kind of felt like I'm on rails in that scenario because it's not like, you know, I'm getting any dialogue in or anything. So I've just never really gotten as much out of that. For Chief overall, I kind of feel like we've already established his own character after, you know, the first trilogy, then especially in 4, and a little bit in 5. So I feel like, like, I don't think they're going to go back. And then especially with the pilot now, like, because he's a new character now to bounce personality off of and build himself up as, you know an even more established character, even outside of the extra material like the books and such. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of where my thoughts are at with it. Uh, keep up the good work, fellas, and uh, keep it classy. Oh, man, thank you so much. Yeah, we'll do that, man. Damn, uh, thank you. Yeah, you I think, anything first, I mean... Brian? I was going to say, I got something to say, but I'll... Okay, I'll, 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 pretty be, I'll be short here. I think really the only thing I, uh, I t- I'd really take away from what he said is... I think he's not way, Brian. No, John. Ah! You have to do that. At this point, at this point of the day, okay, hit me up with the sound uh, of half jaw choking on a peanut M&M. Uh, uh, what is this human food? What is M? Oh, what is, oh it's M&M. Oh, M&M. Uh. <laughs> I'll never have these tasty candies again. It's tasty, but I almost died on it. Um, I, I have never taken food again. 
Oh my gosh. I've never taken half jaw less seriously than this moment. It's because you gave him <laughs> M&M's. It's not his fault. <laughs> he just, it'd be hard to even get him in, you know? Just keep falling out the, the half jaw there. Hell yeah. But, uh, man, what was I saying, Josh? <laughs> I'm sorry. You asshole. Um, oh, what did, oh, okay, yeah. The thing I was going to say is that uh, he said that at this point they're not going to go back. I think that's more or less true. Um, 20 years of developing Master Chief as a character in and out of books, that's way too much to just go full-on vessel only. For sure. That, it I just, agree it with just that. Can't no, I agree with that. It just can't even happen. Even if they did it in Infinite and he virtually said nothing but one-liners, um, it just – he still wouldn't be perceived as an empty vessel. He would still be perceived as a defined Master Chief because of all the history behind him. So I think they're going to go for that middle spot. I think the reason we all want that is because that's that's what makes sense. I think that's what 343 wants. I think we'll get that in Halo Infinite. Josh, what do you say? What do you, what okay, do you think? yeah. Now, I actually agree with you a lot on this, and I'm going to say uh, – the example I'm going to give him, but a preface and say that I think Brian – tends to he'll be more in the vocal majority i think i tend to be more in the minority with this so i understand and i think brian probably is more in the right than i am but uh that makes me think of like fallout 4 the other fallout games i've had a problem getting into as much and i know there's probably people out there that's like but new vegas is so good well i've only played like 20 hours of that and i'm sorry but um my reasoning behind that is because they have no dialogue as the protagonist and it's really hard for me to get immersed, it feels so quiet. And when I'm not having any little dialogue from my character, immediately it, it takes me out of the experience almost. And suddenly I'm thinking like, okay, am I should I be playing this game right now? Do I have things I need to do? What am I doing with my life? I mean, you know, and all these different things yeah. start filling my head and in that to fill the gaps of silence. Um, but then in Fallout 4, I love that my character spoke and it actually made me feel like a real conscious part of this world. Like it wasn't like I'm this wasn't like I'm this person that doesn't exist. It's like I do exist, and and I also have um, some identity and an agency within that. But then, in, in as a result, some players felt like they couldn't intersperse their own personality more. So I do see the problem because Brian was on the opposite end. He didn't like that as much. And you can say something if you want to, Brian. But I'll just say to summarize, I definitely get where you're coming from with that. I think if it, if it's too little dialogue, then um, unless I misunderstood you, if it's too little dialogue, um, you do kind of feel a bit. Um, railroaded and a bit pigeonholed into that kind of experience and then that's really tough so i mean i I want the balance too but i know we keep coming back to that but i get it i definitely get where you're coming from i mean that's that's the that's the issue they've created for themselves by having you know chief have a little more character in the game in four and five is now now you have to find you really have to find the sweet spot you do you have to you don't even then somebody out there's gonna be like he still talked too much or he didn't talk enough yeah I mean, there's 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 going to be there's no way to please everyone. It's just that it's it's finding out what makes sense to please a, a good a good chunk of people. Majority, you hope to aim for the majority. Uh, but thank you so much for that clip, Josh. I got one final question for you to kind of sum up this whole discussion, then we'll go into the business. Sound good? Thank you. Yeah, thank you everyone for sending those in. That was a lot of fun to answer. We love getting to interact with you. If you guys want to send a clip in, you know, just because you're listening to the podcast and you have an idea, you have a thought, something you want to say, send a clip in. I mean, I, I won't guarantee that we'll put it on the show, but I mean, we'd like to. I mean, we'll yeah, probably I try mean, to. Brian and I hear ourselves talk enough on this show, so we'd yeah. love hearing your guys' so you guys, you guys opinions. get us thinking, even about if they're completely opposing us, we're going to respect it. Promise. Um, um, Josh, so kind of to sum this whole discussion up about Chief as a character, I want to give you this this kind of uh, question to get an idea for it. So if okay. Nathan Drake is a 10 out of 10 defined character, 10 out of 10 meaning Nathan Drake, it's like the most defined a character can be. Let's say, let's yeah. put him at the 10. And let's put a 1 as Crash Bandicoot. 
Where would you say Chief is on that scale? I want to see if we're around the same number. Pretty close to five. I'm going to say he's in the middle. Oh, he's in the middle? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna. The only reason I say that is because I think you've had three Bungie games where he was kind of a bit in between. I mean, although Halo 1 was a little bit more. In, although I look at Halo 1 as more like um, physically emoting, but not so much in the dialogue. That's fair enough. You still yeah. have a little bit of that. Two is like that sort of like one-liner guy. Three is like a little bit more of a balance between the two. A little but more still emotion. Kind of a, yeah, but then four and five is where he starts to speak a bit more and show more emotion. So it's leaning toward middle ground for me just because of that kind of a ratio of experiences. What about yeah. you? No, I think five is a very fair number. I was going to say seven. Seven's um, good. I can see seven. Yeah, I was going to say seven because I feel like, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. And the thing is, you know, as a as a hardcore Halo fan, you know, I've, I've either read a lot of the books or I've also, you know, even if I haven't read a book that reveals something major about his character, I know it through finding out through wiki reading or whatever. So... You know, I have all that context in my head as well, so I lean towards he's more of a character. So I come in at the seven. I think, you know, seven, he's got a good long way to go before he's defined as someone as like Nathan Drake. And I don't think it would be good to, I don't need to have Chief like on the couch playing Crash Bandicoot with his wife, yeah. you know, type deal. So, uh, well, it yeah, never bothers seven. me when a player does have too much dialogue because if I'm playing as them, I still feel like I'm. I'll feel less like I'm that person, but I'll feel like I'm sharing in the experience with yeah. this person. Like almost like playing as Geralt through Witcher Three. I feel like, you know, we have this linkship, this kinship. You know, it's like that one clip they had at the end. He's like been through hell and high water, whatever. You and I, or something like that. And the one clip they for their one year anniversary of that game yeah. release, and and uh, or whatever it was. I felt like him and I had a bond. Whereas like with Chief, it's like I am him, but I'm not him, and I kind of enjoy yeah. that too. So like I kind of like the yeah, yeah, yeah. He really does kind of weave in. Between both those, right? Things, yeah, for sure. No, definitely. Um, Josh, do you know if if people were listening to the podcast and they're like, "I love you guys," how could I support you other than listening? Where could they go? Do you know? Josh? Oh shit! patreoncom slash Sacred Icon Podcast. Sacred Icon. That's podcast. right, guys. We got yeah. three tiers on there. Go mm-hmm. check that stuff out. Uh, you can get in there and get a shout out on the podcast for as easy as a dollar. One dollar at the very next podcast after you pledge, you will be mentioned. And we like to say you guys don't goofy. have to do that, and it's true. You don't have to, but it would mean so much to us. So if you guys want to, just a dollar is all it's going to take. We're going to give you a shout out, give you a huge compliment in some way, some form, some shape. And uh, you guys will get compliments. Yeah, we'll, you, we'll probably say something ridiculous about your yeah. name. That's usually yeah, what we do. In a good way, though. In, in even if you it. don't, just listening, just following us on Twitter, uh, just uh, leaving a five-star review on iTunes would be amazing. Yeah, guys, way, please do help. that. I, the last one we have is from um, – I can't I, – well, I'm blanking on the name right now. But uh, anyway, we have not – the last one was in October. So I'd love to see one for – You know, t- I got an idea, Josh. What's I'm not saying it's going to do anything at all, but here's what I want you guys to do to get you to, to want to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Even if you don't have an iPhone, find a way to go to iTunes and leave one. Um, leave a five-star review and then just make your comment, hit me up with the sound of, and choose whatever you want. And if you leave a five-star review, we'll have Josh do that on the show. <laughs> or give me or, some or you can even request me. these nuts for Brian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Put whatever you want. We'll do that. So, uh uh, if you guys want to find us on Twitter, we are at Sacred Icon Pod. Josh is at Jovial Joshy. I am at Brian's Bane. Bang, bang. Um, if you want to send in a voice clip or an email or anything like that, long form, you can send us one at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. And I was also going to say, we did get a very, very nice, long, long email yes. from someone who was uh, uh, sharing with us their uh, dis- from the discussion we had about Bioware last week on the Oddball. Uh, I don't want to read all that off here on this particular episode, especially since it's really long, but I will just comment on it. Uh, one thing that's cool, Josh, is that the uh, this guy said that um, 
he goes by Knight and a bunch of numbers as his username. Okay. But he said the Dragon Age 2 is like his favorite game of all time. Oh, well, we definitely um, so, have to talk about that. So it was unfortunate for him that we didn't talk about that one oh, very I got much. You. But uh, we are going to try, especially since your email, we're going to try to, at some point, I don't know with all this Halo information coming out, just do an oddball on Dragon, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. We, will, sure. we will go deep into Dragon Age 2. Yeah, and we will make sure, because um, we're a little more pressed for time this week, but we will make sure and cover that, cover read off your email next week's episode. So thank you so much for sending that in. Thank you <laughs> yeah. so, so much. I love getting um, emails from you guys. Brian does too. It makes our day. <laughs> it does so much. It does. It's awesome. It really is. So thank you for that. Uh, Josh, we're going to go into the patron read-offs. Our most latest patron is the Big Bold Palm Bear. Oh, shit. Big Bold Palm Bear. Okay. What does that Heard mean? Heard of palm trees? Now get ready for the it's palm It's P-O-M bear. bear, though. P-O-M? Oh, so he's like got pom-pom. like pomade. So it's, okay. it's a bear that uses pomade to, to mm. really style his hair. That's dope. I'm picturing like the Charmin bears, you know, on the, on the toilet paper. But like yeah. way more stylized, way more civilized, a bit more like connected and, and like street smart and everything really really sociable bear uh thank you so <laughs> thank you so it's like, it's much. like that that uh that that meme of like winnie the pooh with like the face and the the suit yeah or winnie the pooh's like mm, like he's looking really like intelligent <laughs> yes. so, the, the, thank you so much for your support the big bold palm bear yeah. josh you got anything to say about uh this guy named nerva my dude david david thank you so much man i don't know if you're listening to this episode or not i love you man uh david is a, a childhood friend of mine uh, I have not seen in a long time. This guy has tried to get me to hang out for so long, and because of my third shift, it's been next to impossible. But we are going to make that happen at some point. Thank you so much for supporting, dude. It is really... Um, we got a lot of people we know, guys, that um, you know, we, we sometimes try to share the podcast on our own you know, personal Facebooks with our family and friends, and like, and we got a lot of people who support that, but not everyone's into Halo. So it's nice to see when some of our, our friends, you know, our actual personal friends that we know or have grown up with, are really in support of that. So, David, uh, that seriously means a lot, man. That's such a, that's so much validation there. Appreciate it so, so much. Yeah. Um, he was the one that wrote an email in and was like, I'm not a big Halo fan, but I'm right. a big Josh fan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's cool. What a Very cool. Thank man. you so much. Thank you, David. I know you don't know me, man, but Josh is a great guy, so I'm sure you're an awesome dude, too. Yeah, and Brian's amazing. So, uh, <laughs> Josh is like, I, I got to upscale you. You did the best. <laughs> Um, next, we have our buddy DC Outlaw. His uh, full name is Anthony Dorsey. Thank you hashtag so much. Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse? Oh, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Anthony, thanks so much, man. Uh, we've been talking we about love, Mass Effect recently. Yeah. In, in our we love talking to you, man. Uh, we, we, we love hearing uh, you know, your thoughts on our, our movie reviews, mainly Josh's. But uh, yeah. what do you think about those? Love to interact with that. No, love that. And I saw your review recently, I think, for Army of the Dead. Um, so mm. I haven't watched that yet, but I need to kind of see it. I'm trying to stay away from spoilers. But anyway, dude, thank you so much. Uh, love your support. Love getting to interact with you. And you and Matthew are what really brings the hammer down of enthusiasm for uh, anything DC-related. So exactly. love you guys for that, and thank you, man. Yeah, you guys are like two peas in a pod for that Absolutely. DC universe to me. Absolutely. Josh, have we ever actually had an episode yet where we've got to shout out Caleb Webster, the dude who makes... So, guys, let me let me tell you about this. If you if you listen to this podcast, we have the intro music that plays, that outro music that plays. That is all done by my childhood friend Caleb Webster. Yeah, and then, like another one we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no I would say, and and yeah. even though he makes that dope music for for such a, I mean, the amount of, the amount of money we have to pay for that music for our show is so low. Uh, he's basically giving it away. Then he's like, you know what? I want to be a five dollar patron. So, thank you so much, Caleb Webster. I feel like we need to make something funny for his name because I feel like he would enjoy that. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Webster. Webster. What? What? Can we. I like to think of Caleb as like a Spider-Man. He's in a Spider-Man suit, 
except he's got the cowl off, so you can see his face. And he, like him spinning tracks, him spinning tracks for us, like fresh, fresh licks and everything, is like him spinning a web, man. Can you he spin the web exclusively from his butthole? Uh, yes, absolutely, it is. All right. So right yeah. from Caleb, he's just like he's just webker. like hanging from his butt web, jamming out on his like guitar and stuff. Hell yeah, still music. Yeah, dude. Brian said it best. I could not say it any better. Uh, Caleb is a damn delight. Absolutely love that dude in our interactions. He's a fellow tabletop player. Um, can't wait. We're at some point down the line. We're going to have him on the show uh, just so you guys can get to hear the voice of who makes this sweet, sweet music. Yeah, but thanks so much, awesome, Caleb. Dude. Thank you, buddy. Uh, our next, our new uh, patron is Chris Greco. And I just think of that Gex, Gecko? the Gecko game. Yeah, Gec- from was it was it Gek? Was it called? Or was was it, it? I think it was Gek. Oh, Gek, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think Gek I played that. I had that on the Sega Saturn. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much, Chris Gecko. You are a PlayStation One platform. Did you say Gecko so or Greco? I'm sorry. I think Gek, Gek, the Gecko. No, I mean it's his name, Greco. I'm, I'm messing it up now. It's Greco. Yeah. Okay, I went too far down the hole there. So thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Chris Greco. Thank, thank you so much for your patron support. Yeah, thank you. Uh, next, we got our buddy Tony. Tony Baboni. Yeah, oh, Tony. Shit. He did that great bubbles impression. I'm still laughing about Dude, that. Dude, that was iconic. Thank um, you so much, Tony. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. We got Nicholas Terry. Nicholas Terry. Dude, if you were a lawyer, I would hire you in a heartbeat. Not that I need it for any reason, thank God, but I would totally hire you. I, mm, I was thinking that he was like uh, the, the CEO of a cereal brand. Okay, I can totally see that. I can totally yeah, see Nicholas that. I would love to pitch yeah. him my ideas. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, Adam Sandler's movie, Pixels, wasn't that great, but Pixel Freaks, amazing. Uh, Pixel Freaks, dude, thank you totally for amazing. Support. Netflix original, and it's, uh, dude, it should have been at theaters. I'm telling everyone. <laughs> thank you so much uh, next we got King Grunt we love you dude thank you for being King a Grunt sitting we- on that throne don't even ever get off of it dude let yep. everyone else do all the work yep and the funny thing is if we get anybody else with the name Grunt come in and become a patron they're gonna be below you on the list and they're gonna forever be trying to strive but nobody can top you nobody can take you you're the king uh, next we got Aries 0430 he doesn't have that mustache but we love him <laughs> I always wait to see if Brian mentions that part first because I love that but thank you so much Aries uh, next uh, we got Alex Diaz thank you so much for your patience Alex Diaz love that name it's such a cool name uh, Montana Menace I, I hope Montana one day you can make amends with George Lucas for stealing his name in 1994, George started penning The Phantom Menace, but then little did he know that everyone else at Lucasfilm was trying to pen The Montana Menace. Yes, you yes. Know? And George was like, I'm going to go with my idea. you know. And everyone was like, well, fuck me then. <laughs> Even though that was a much better script. But I love Phantom Menace, but could've I love Montana Menace Episode 1, more, The so. Montana Menace. We yeah. could have had it. And next we got, I got your potatoes. I got Thank your you so potatoes. For the support, bro. Appreciate Thank you, buddy. You. Next we got Fagoeji. You fucking Ouija. Get back here. Get back you here. Mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you won't hear it when you listen to the podcast, but we have had so many technical difficulties with this episode. I'm pretty sure Green Plumber's been coming behind our computer and going, oh, and I'm plugging the cord just run away. Uh, uh, we love you, you, dude. Thank you, man. Love you thank so you much. Thank you for your continued really support. Do. Ooh, speaking of cereal, when Nicholas Terry is leading the, his cereal empire, right. his, his number one selling cereal is some Codios. Cody-O's. Well, I can do that better. Cody-O's. It's a cereal that's small enough to eat through your nose. It's cereal <laughs> that's so good. You'll... I got nothing on that. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. let Brian take that one. Brian wins oh, that one. Brian wins that uh, one. I got nothing. Yeah, that was so amazing. good to share it with the whole neighborhood. My God, that was a natural 20 uh, on next that. Next we that got bar. Joshy Big Boy, another Josh who is actually... Joshy Big Boy. Entity. Thank you so much. Not me, as Brian used to say. Appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Ryan Barca, you suave fiance of a man. Wow, motherfucker. Yes. Ryan Barca, man. Love Thank that dude. Thank you so dude. much for your support. We got Dustin Mondre. Sorry we didn't get that episode Andre. out yesterday. 
I know it really I know, man. Hurt. He was bummed. But that meant yeah. a lot, though. That meant a lot. That it's was like a today. in and of itself. So thank you. Uh, we got Anthony Nicolosi. Thank Anthony you so Nicolosi, much. Anthony Nicolosi. A co- Wait. Okay, oh, koala. Entertainment. <laughs> my yeah, well, I heard the koalas are actually really mean. But Anthony's Dude, so nice. Yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. If like, a koala don't, you don't mess with the koala. the shit out of that thing. Koala will take your eyes out. Yeah. I love koalas, though. Seriously, I wouldn't want to ever hit it. <laughs> the only one I'd ever want to hit animal-wise is a llama. I don't like when they look at me. Oof. Yeah. A Cusco would be mad. Just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love koalas. Uh, it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy, or this would be really difficult. I don't even remember <laughs> that line from the movie. I love that line. <laughs> dude, that was um, so good. Uh, Corey Hanks, dude, thank you so much for your continuous Corey support. Corey Hanks, love, love you, man. Thank you so much. You, man. Thank Next, you. we got Kilimanjaro. Priyanshu. Kilimanjaro. I get that right? Priyanshu. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I can't I believe that, I have to go to work all the way oh, all the way to work on a Saturday. Tagged me in that immediately yesterday, and I was just like, I love this dude. I love him so yep. damn much. Praying for your family, man. Love you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Next, boss. we got Oni BB. Thank you for Oni baby. Hanging on. Thank you for your support. Next, we got some protein jugs. Protein jugs? You got protein jugs? Maybe that's How my close master- are they to the Kodios? <laughs> Maybe pour them in. Maybe that's the only reason that Master Chief was just straight one-liners in Halo 2, because he was so heavy on that whey protein. <laughs> he couldn't speak. I don't have time. Yeah. Next, we got, got dropping in from the ceiling with that chili cheese. It's Mikey Cosplay. Dropping in Actually. with the Halo homer. Mm. Oh shit! Mm. I was going into cha- uh, shared be... territory. I was like, if you were <laughs> "Oh shit!" Uh, pretty soon, pretty soon, we'll be seeing that uh, double. This makes me want to shop in Farm and Fleet. We're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, how's that? How's the theme song for Farm and Fleet goes? I don't know if anybody here knows of Blaine's like Farm and Fleet. Value da, 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 Farm and Fleet. Oh, that's a local uh, Midwest. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much, MH Cosplay. Next, we got Genesis, the genius. Genesis. It's constantly supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. We got yeah, Ian Big Dog Mills. Ian Big Dog Mills. Keep great on that grind. Love you so much, much buddy. Photon, he finally came back. The Dude, Lord witnessed returns. the return, man. And he was like, it's time to get back down on some memes, baby. And he did this amazing wink in that video. Oh, and I was like just like, God. wow. Love it. I can't thank wait to Thank you so much, Photon. KN Nick, thank you for your long Nick, like and subscribe. Now we're into people that have been supporting us for over a year now, Josh. It's, it's insane. the same, Brian. It's insane. the same. Appreciate it so much. Next, we got John. And thank you so much, John. And John and the Cramps and Sam. Anybody in our Discord, I want you to know, John, and he is the head honcho there at Discord. He's the guy who has made that the place it is. It is his baby. He says it's not his baby, but it's totally his baby. Any <laughs> new innovations? So much work into it. Cole's him. also there doing a great job yep. running things. Uh, both those mods, love those guys so much. Thank you for the support, John. And next, we got the suavest dude ever, woman on each arm, Trevor Polkey. Thank oh, you man. So Trevor much. Polkey? Yeah, who would it? Who else? Who else? Leave some Love women it, for the rest of us. Man, uh, come on. Next we got the, next we got the Shipleys. The Shipleys. Wait for that division season two. What'd that? you say? I said I was. Well, I didn't say I sang. So oh. I was like Jordan and Kitty. No, Wait, yeah, and then it's like, like I was like Jordan and Kitty. Yeah, I'm gonna work on that. That's what I'm gonna do. And then they got like a neighbor. I used to sing this song, uh, the stupid song for my brother when we lived together in my parents' right, house. On. I used to be like, uh, we used to live on a, uh, a street called Meadowbrook Lane. So I used to be like. Uh, we live on Meadowbrook Lane with Mommy and Daddy, Brady and Noah, and even Brian, too. We're here to play with you. Oh, beautiful song, man. It's corny. Beautiful so song. Corny. We're yeah. corny people, though. Dust Storm, the OG Halo podcast. Thank you, Jordan Kirsty, and, and thank, thank you, so you Dust Storm. Uh, loved, loved having you on when we did. Uh, and next, we got the one guy who's gunning for that top position but just can't shake Matthew Salvatore. It's Glass. Thank you so oh, much. Shit, for Glass. Your Man, you're in a half of so support, much, man. Yeah, dude, that's insane. 
And finally, the man who saw Justice League and knew it even more and got that hashtag restore the Snyderverse up. And, and I'm telling you what, that if that thing's not trending, Matthew Salvatore is on the scene, baby. Thank you so much, man, for all your continued support. Thank you, everybody. Again, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, that is at patreon.com slash sacred icon podcast. A dollar will get you a shout out in the show. If you're listening to this and you didn't hear your name because you haven't uh, joined up for that and you were like, man, I want to hear them say stuff about my name. Do it, man. It's so much fun. Uh, we love doing that for you guys. Well, we're get some guy whose name is like he already knows his name's funny like his first name's harry his last name's ass oh yeah well then you'll hear me do some like weird laugh like one of my iconic ones (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i'm running on a carpet i'll just go to that booty though you know what i'm saying (laughs) hell yeah josh is like uh i just that was nasty (laughs) Uh, that's not nasty i know we're not even Uh, gonna talk on that we're not even gonna talk about all right josh well guys that is i miss my baby girl palmer that's you know what that's what i'm thinking about i'm looking up at the sun uh later it's gonna be the moon and you know, I just referenced a guy, a guy with a hairy ass, and then you started talking about Palmer, right? Yeah. Oh, Josh, like I see no issues with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that's a signal. My baby girl Palmer calls me up on the phone, saying, "Come over here, I'm alone. Spend time with me, cause I need your love. The two of us together like wings on a dove." Mm, and he gave that one for baby free. Girl get, Palmer. Free guy. <laughs> This has been a long, turbulent episode, guys. We have, we have had <laughs> so many technical difficulties. You have no so idea. Many. You won't hear it on the podcast. But we love you. We're finally going to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you and so much, always, guys. Love you. And until next week. We will see you on the next episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. Peace, guys. Cortana. It's not over. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs>